Cell is the leading distributor of radiotherapy patient positioning equipment and physics QA products for the UK and Ireland, supplying both the NHS and private sectors. We currently have a busy event schedule and will be attending many conferences in the next few months, including ESTRO, UKO and many of the regional study days. For a full list of where to meet us, please do get in touch. As well as our event schedule, we also have a busy product portfolio that has recently been updated to. This includes Sky Factory for state-of-the-art visual LED lighting. We have MyQA Ion and IonRT from IBA for automated patient-specific QA for photon, electron and proton radiotherapy. And we also have MR Box from our AI suppliers at Therapanacea, allowing AI-powered MR-only workflows for a more consistent and high-quality planning pathway. For SGRT, we have a vast range of open-faced thermoplastic masks, as well as surface-guided compatible clear bolus from ClearSight, preventing any risk of interference between the skin surface and your SGRT solution. And as always, do not hesitate to get in touch to discuss your product and service requirements with our friendly and knowledgeable team. Our account and clinical specialists are from a radiotherapy and physics background, and we are more than happy to chat about the clinical benefits and the workflow of all of our products. Hello everyone and welcome to Oncology Professional Care Conference. My name is Norman Jock Anderson and I'm joined by fellow host Joe McNamara. Hi everyone. So we've got an exciting guest coming back on the podcast again a year later. Um, it's really nice to have you. Do you want to introduce yourself please? Hello, yeah I'm Shannon Johnson and I am now a palliative specialist radiographer working at Somerset NHS Foundation Trust um, and also involved and um, very keen to sort of help aid recruitment for radiotherapy and therapeutic radiographers in general. So got a little bit of work that we're showcasing here um, at the OPC today. So do you want to tell us a little bit of more about that work that you're showcasing in the post displaying? So yeah, um, we've been sort of working, um, sort of really having a look and investigating sort of qualified professionals' opinions on sort of radiotherapy recruitment and what they think works, what doesn't, um, and also sort of chatting to um, sort of first year radiotherapy students and what sort of got them into the profession. Um, and sort of how that's sort of been affected by things like COVID or things like family and friends experiences. So it's been really interesting actually to have a look and hopefully from that we'll get some national recommendations so which we can put forward. So what is it? What is it that draws people into the profession? What have the results kind of told us so far? So far we sort of found out that it's as it's probably not um, unusual for, to many people that it's family and friend experience are sort of the main one um, which entices people to sort of as they say, give something back, sort of the care that either their relative or themselves have received, um, and it's sort of it, the thing that was quite interesting was that career events actually weren't quite as effective as we thought. We don't know if this is down to COVID, so it would be good to sort of follow up, sort of um, later on, and maybe sort of in, investigate a little bit more with um, different years of radiotherapy students and sort of contrast that really. So. Have you enjoyed the research side so far? I have, yeah. I've always been sort of passionate about research and sort of from um, universities, sort of, it's gone on really quite nicely from my dissertation and I enjoy sort of that sort of um, working together in that sort of research team and sort of getting together and um, bringing it to places like this, which is really cool. So, so you mentioned your new palliative specialist role. Mm -hmm. What do you do as part of that role? So... Um, I will have sort of a, a, out of five days a week. I'd have three days, which is just to advance practice for sort of the palliative specialist role. Um, I'd be working quite closely with my consultant radiographer in palliative care, 
that's um, really therapy. So at the moment, sort of having a sort of working towards things like consenting, um, the sort of help out the sort of the service really, and the rest of the teams, educating them on sort of more personalised care approaches, um, and also just. Um, yeah, just making that sort of journey for palliative patients which is sometimes quite overlooked, um, a little bit more personalised and sort of helping aid good sort of symptom management. So um, helping them in the future and sort of following them up and sort of get, gathering quite a lot of data from this as well, which hopefully we'll be able to um, publish in the future. When you say overlooked, what do you mean as overlooked for these sort of people? I think people can sometimes push a little bit under the carpet of, okay, someone's just had one treatment of radiotherapy, for example, um, and we never really see them again. So it's quite nice to sort of follow that patient up and sort of not leave them in the dark and sort of check in, see how they're getting on. Um, because sometimes, you know, that one treatment of radiotherapy is, you know, can be quite challenging for them and some, they kind of just get left in the dark really so it's really important that we're sort of having that conversation before they start their treatment having that sort of prehab of what to expect and really making sure that they're really well informed as well as their relatives as well and then following them up on the journey and making sure that they got the support in the community um, and with other appropriate professionals as well. How do you find now that lots of the patients may be classified as receiving palliative treatment where actually they may be living with I think that's a really good question and that was sort of what I, what I wanted to bring to the role of sort of that living with and beyond cancer. I think that's really important and sometimes we forget about that and sort of from personal experience and seeing what um, you know my relatives have you know had the experience of this really good service I just wanted to give something back and to help aid other patients to have this really good more positive experience of cancer rather than sort of okay you've got palliative um, intent you know it's not all doom and gloom it is actually quite um, empowering to, to have this sort of um, role in sort of helping aid patients live a more positive life and outlook with this diagnosis so I think that's yeah really important for me moving forward. I think there's something around dying well with cancer that we don't really talk about. Palliative care has always been viewed as end-of-life care whereas now end-of-life care is slowly being viewed as end-of-life care. Palliative care is you can live for 10 years being mm -hmm. a palliative patient and still have radical treatments for different tumours for example but yeah it's something working out in Willem now we're starting to talk about more where we don't talk about dying well with cancer, how you will die, how you will do it, having a will, etc. Is that something that's part of your kind of, I don't know, armour now? To, to Defi take definitely. I think, you know, there's a lot of conversations we have which are really challenging, but have, making sure that the patients are prepared for those difficult conversations, have the support in place, and knowing that, you know, dying doesn't have to be something that's really scary, but as long as we talk about it, and from the personal experience I had when I've had to talk to, you know, my relatives about, okay, well, what do you want after you die? How do you want to die? And I think that is really important as we sort of move forward because I think it's, you know, it, it sort of prepares everybody. It's that really difficult conversation, but trying to go away from that sort of taboo subject of, of dying and death. Um, but yeah, like you said, sort of having a, a good death is how I think we want to sort of do that moving forward. Lots of conversations around terminology, how do we categorise patients, how do we label patients, you know, is it, is it a term that we should be using or should it be? 
yeah, that was a sort of a huge thing for me coming to, into this role. I don't really like the word palliative just because it has really negative connotations. And as soon as someone hears that they are palliative, it's all sort of um, affects them obviously physically as well as quite a lot mentally. So I think as Macmillan are sort of working towards that sort of that more personalised um, care and sort of, sort of that supportive care, I think that's really important to help put into that whole. Um, especially the radiotherapy side of things as well. So, Have you thought about how you want to die? Um, not, not in the sort of deep thought, but I think knowing what, you know, from, yeah, like I said previously, the personal experiences, I know how I don't. And I think that's quite important moving forward. So, yeah, I think I probably should put some more thought into it, shouldn't I? <laughs> I talk about it all the time, which drives my husband absolutely mad because I think he thinks I'm going to have an early death. But when I when I got diagnosed, it I was the first person drawing up Excel spreadsheets, adding all my passwords for everything into this Excel spreadsheet so that he knew kind of how to access bills and apps and everything else. Um, so yeah, I do think it's maybe some of those conversations that don't happen until it's too late. Yeah. Um, but it is so important that people know what you want. Mm-hmm. And how we want it. And I always remember the vicar talking to us about um, our grandmother's funeral and she said it was an absolute delight to work with our family because we had really clear instructions as to what my, my nana wanted, mm-hmm. even down to like singing Queen leaving the church. <laughs> like it was to be honest, it was more of a wedding than a funeral. She had such a celebration, but that was what she had wanted. So it was really important. I think that's really nice for the people that obviously are left behind after that as well. It sort of helps support them. So I think those conversations are really important. So Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank Keep you very up much. Keep your good work and we'll definitely touch base in another year's time to see how you've developed that service and maybe ways in which that palliative specialist role could evolve and support patients living with and beyond. Lovely. Thank you very much.